think the so-called plan, I found it to be inherently fantastic. That means I don't know whether to laugh or to cry. It is evident from that that the people that wrote that speech and the person who read that speech evidently does not know the difference between electricity and energy, nor does that person know the difference between a megawatt and a megawatt hour. And that is evident from what they talk about. Therefore, there can be no lasting solution. If anything, we must prepare for the worst. We must prepare for the worst, as uh, I think recently Solidarity Trade Union uh, wrote a circular to their members saying there is a likelihood that the electricity grid could collapse and we would be without power as a country for a period of two weeks. Mm-hmm. But even Solidarity Trade Union were very optimistic. Hmm. Optimistic in the sense that a country such as South Africa, and this is derived from an assessment that was made by military intelligence, as well as some of the um, energy analysts such as myself, over nine years ago, that in the event of an electricity grid collapse in South Africa, the design of the grid will mean that it will take a minimum of three weeks to bring the system back up. But then, nine years ago, we did not have the same problem we currently do as a country, that of copper cable theft. So if the electricity grid was to collapse for a period of a day or two, the day that you try to bring the electricity back up, you will then have faced an even greater risk of that critical infrastructure, particularly the transmission grid, which would have been dead for that period, that it would have been totally vandalized. And therefore, this, this is more catastrophic. And the suggestion that we, we need the so-called 6,000 megawatts, mm. it, it's, it's, it's naive in the extreme, but it is shocking that uh, the persons that are, are proposing that are running ESCOM and, uh, you know, cabinet as well as the president in the sense that they are suggesting that we need to get the so-called 6,000 megawatts of uh, power as a stopgap from intermittent energy sources, meaning wind and solar or the so-called renewables, mm. because they completely ignore the fact that any intermittent energy source requires 100% backup. Now, in the plan that the president wrote, uh, you know, delivered yesterday, or the so-called plan, he suggests that the intermittent energy sources will be backed up by a whole host of trucks, which will be in and around the suburbs of this country, all of them running at the same time, delivering that backup. And that, they say, the private electricity generator will do that. So anybody can go and buy a generator and then go and hook it up in, in, in the suburb and charge ESCOM because the plan does not tell us what is this backup power going to come at, what cost is going to come at, mm-hmm. and also the intermittent energy sources, what cost are they going to come at, and more so being redundant. So we have a power ship deal, which was found to have been you know, evidently corrupt. We just have a power ship in disguise. 
from the so-called clan. <laughs> now your analysis, Mr. Kadima, sounds like a doomsday scenario. But what about the president's announcement that uh, they will now be removing the licensing threshold for embedded generation completely and that ESCOM will be constructing its first battery and solar storage projects at Komati, Majuban and Latabo. Is this not a good idea? No, it's a bad idea. It is a bad idea in that we do not have any case study we can benchmark with internationally anywhere. Now, if you look at the United States as a country, vast as it is, with the energy intensity that it has, the battery storage that it has is no more than three gigawatts. So that tells you everything else, no more than 3,000. So they are suggesting that now we can have 5,000 in this country, but they don't even tell you at what cost. And now, again, the problem is it does not mean when you say I have got energy storage in a battery that it becomes dispatchable. No, it is not dispatchable because it runs for a period of no more than six hours, and then it is depleted. So what do you do for the rest of the period, and more so when you are feeding such power onto the high-voltage grid? So what these guys are attempting to do, which is a mission impossible, it is to rewrite the laws of physics. It is not possible to rewrite the laws of physics. You discover the laws of physics, and then you follow them, but not to, to try and rewrite them. They are trying to rewrite them. There's no example anywhere else in the world because electricity on the grid works with dispatchable baseload power. Now, if you want to introduce intermittent energy sources, you must be dictated to by circumstances. And what are those circumstances? In circumstances of microgrid, whereby the, the area in concern might be so remote from connection to a national grid that therefore you can go and look at but also it means you cannot run any energy intensive uh, industry and data centers for example have become so energy intensive uh, industries that you cannot ever run any one of them on an intermittent energy source so the the so-called 4ir economy requires one 100% reliable, dispatchable baseload power in order for it to function. Therefore, you can't talk of intermittent energy sources, more so when your actual purpose for trying to introduce intermittent energy sources is attempting to answer the question of emissions, because emissions are answered in mm. a different form. We have got examples of how you answer the question of emissions using fossil fuels as well as using nuclear or having baseload from uh, the hydro sources. Now, no. South Africa does not have hydro as an option of a baseload renewable clean energy source because you can't even bring power from the DRC 4,000 kilometers away. Yes. There is no grid anywhere in the world that exists that of a high-voltage nature. So the, the critical questions yes. have not been answered. The question so, must be, who actually wrote their such a so-called plan yes. when it is evident that they don't understand or comprehend the basics, laws of physics, which dictate how we yes. must run the grid of the country? Mr. Kadima, just briefly. So what are the solutions then? Because you indicated that baseload is what we require. High 
efficiency, lower emissions technologies are readily available to be deployed at the existing coal-fired power stations of ESCOM. Deploy those technologies there. Bring back to service the 15,000 megawatts that has been mothballed, closed down. Uh, ESCOM must stop misinforming the population of South Africa and saying we have got... uh, 15,000 megawatts or so in breakdown because they actually shut down those units. You need to bring back those units back into service, but deploying high-efficiency, lower-emissions technology, Mm -hmm. which is readily available, which is a lot more cheaper, and therefore ensuring that we increase the uh, value chain uh, uh, that we we, we have from... Mm -hmm the base load industries, which are largely coal. And at some point in time, you need to look at uh, nuclear if you are looking to answer the uh, a long-term solution on emissions. But gas is not even available in South Africa. I don't know why people are talking about gas. And I can speak competently about this yes. because I was once chairman of Petro SA. I know the geology of this country, you know, in and out. 